Welcome to the Cap Gemini North America Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. My name is Janet Pope and I am the CSR Director for the US and Canada. I look forward to engaging with each of you on diversity, digital inclusion, and sustainability challenges and initiatives. Let's lead as architects of positive futures together. Welcome to our Hispanic Heritage Month episode of our podcast. Happy to be here celebrating the month, talking with a few leaders from OLA, our Hispanic Latino focused employee resource group in North America, talking about how to attract, develop, retain, grow Hispanic and Latino talent, uh, chopping it up a little bit about different stereotypes that impact the community, why there aren't more Latinos and Latinas in the C-suite, and what are some things that organizations can do to help change this. Also want to get a couple recommendations that will help us celebrate the month. Let's dive right in and get some introductions. Hi, everyone. My name is Mike Baez. I'm a director in our financial services group, specifically in our banking and diversified financials practice. Um, I have been with Capgemini for about the last eight years and have a pretty diverse background uh, in financial services, having worked in the financial services industry over 30, over 35 years. Hi, everyone. My name is Ana Maria Skripczak. I am a senior business analyst in the applications and cloud technologies business unit. Um, I have primarily worked in the um, staffing and recruitment um, industry, but before joining Gemini, I had five years of experience in financial services. I'm happy to be here. The Latino community is growing and the Latino market is growing. Some recent data from the Pew Research Center states that Latinos are major drivers of the U.S. economy with a GDP of $2.3 trillion. To put that into context, if the Latino GDP were a country, it would be the eighth largest country in the world. And of the top 10 economies, it would be the third fastest growing. This matters for organizations. In the way that we attract and develop our talent, this is going to matter in terms of how we also develop our consumer goods and products and services, how we connect and relate with our clients. Um, this this is very, very important and, and certainly something that we need to keep in mind. If we don't have diverse talent and individuals working on these products, it won't connect to these dollars. So let's hear a little bit more from our panelists on this trend and their perspective on it and their recommendations for what organizations should be doing to attract this very much needed and growing demographic. Today, not many companies um, have tapped into the Latino market in their recruitment efforts. Um, Also, since 2003, Latinos have been uh, the largest majority group in the United States, and we currently make up 17 to 18% of the U.S. population. Yes, we are all Latinos, but we do represent a high variety of uh, countries with cultural variations. So it it is best not to stereotype. Um, If you have any Latino talent, showcase them and include them in the recruitment process. Um, Also highlight the career growth opportunities that the organization has to offer. Organizations need to help employees integrate into the company by providing networking and team building opportunities. Um, Also educate those non-Hispanic employees in the benefits of having an inclusive work environment that embraces diversity. 
and celebrate their culture, just like what we're doing uh, this month with Hispanic Heritage Month, and provide uh, opportunity to build ERGs like Capgemini did with um, Ola. You know, I've seen several projections where the Latino population is going to reach 30% of the U.S. population by 2050. Um, but yet Hispanics and Latinos are very much of an underrepresented minority in, you know, in ours and many organizations. Um, and the increase in the Hispanic Latino population means two things that, that I think business organizations need to consider. You know, one is there's a growing pool of untapped talent out there. And two, there's an increasing accumulation of buying power from the Hispanic and Latino market. And, you know, I would just say that, you know, savvy organizations will, will, will need to recognize this trend and, and need to look to, to attract, hire, develop, you know, and retain his, Hispanic and Latino talent. We've talked before about obstacles to the C-suite, and we know that based on population growth, more and more of our cities are becoming minority majorities. We're seeing more and more inflows of diverse resources at junior levels of organizations, but there still seem to be obstacles in having more diversity in our leadership at executive levels in the C-suite. I wanted to talk a little bit with our panelists about what they think is causing that obstacle, that gap in the talent and what organizations should be doing to fix it. Because of unconscious bias and cultural factors that we're not seeing more Hispanic Latino CEOs and exec leaders today. Um, Regarding unconscious bias, I think Although we all want to believe that we live in a society based on meritocracy, that might not be entirely true. Uh, People in decision-making roles might unconsciously have more affinity with those employees that share something in common with them um, and extend those promotion opportunities to them. So, So that might be a factor explaining why. Um, there are also surveys that indicate that many Latinos still feel that they're being um, racially discriminated based on their background and are being skipped on their hiring and promotion opportunities. So, you know, favoritism, discrimination, bias do exist in most corporate cultures. There is a urgency for Latinos to start working as soon as possible to help support their families. So sometimes they, this means foregoing a four-year college education for media cash in the agriculture service sectors. And I think another reason why um, we're not seeing more CEOs, and um, Latino CEOs or Latinos in executive positions is because um, in a way, there is a lack of guidance offered to young Latinos in high schools to teach them how to navigate through the educational and professional world in the, in the U.S. Myself, I, I came to the United States when I was 17 years old. I was supposed to be a senior, but they pushed me back to a junior level because I was recently, you know, I, I recently arrived to the United States. At first that annoyed me, but then I soon realized that I needed that extra year to really understand what it is to be a student in the United States. I didn't know anything about college applications. I didn't know how anything about scholarship opportunities. So there is a learning curve that most Latino students, first year, first generation specifically, you know, I I I was trained in a different culture. I learned different professional norms. So when I joined the US workforce, I had to take additional time to unlearn some of those cultural norms 
that might have held me back in the professional culture. We talked a little bit about the, uh, you know, 17% of the workforce, but only 4% of the executive positions. And unfortunately, I've heard that in some certain circles, and I've heard it referred to as kind of the 4% shame. Um, and, and my sense is that there's several reasons. Some of it may be generational and, and cultural, given a uh, you know, a large number of Hispanics and Latinos that are first generation and are just jump starting to jump into the workforce. But my sense is that the larger reason center around some, a lot of the things that that Anna referenced, you know, that that continue to still be kind of in the in the forefront around things like unconscious bias and favoritism and discrimination that that does still exist in many corporate cultures. You know, many systems still reinforce, you know, those ideals that favor the you know, the existing power structures. You know, and they're still pretty difficult to kind of break down some of those barriers. But companies do need to focus on on breaking those barriers, and not only not only bringing in Hispanic and Latino talent at the leadership level, but at all levels of the pyramid, and, and work to nurture you know Hispanic and Latino talent organically, and retain that talent so that they can develop to leadership roles within the organization. So I would just add that to to in addition to what what Anna had said. It would not be a North America CSR podcast on the diversity topic if we didn't take a moment to talk a little bit more about stereotypes. I'm hearing it less and less, but I think one of the things that that really, really may offend Hispanics or Latinos is when they're referred to of a different culture within the Hispanic and Latino community. Um, mm-hmm. If you're, if you're, you know. And, and I, I got it a lot kind of growing up um, that, you know, the, that you'd kind of couple folks from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and others, and we're all Puerto Ricans. And, and I think the other thing that, and some of it sometimes is just, you know, a, a, a knowledge of, you know, the, the one thing for me specifically being of Puerto Rican descent is the facts that the fact that folks don't realize that, <clears throat> you know, Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the United States and that the folks Absolutely. that live in Puerto Rico are, are U.S. citizens. Yes. Um, and that, you know, my uh, all of my um, uh, ancestry were U.S. citizens, well, at least dating back to when U.S., when, when they became a commonwealth, are U.S. citizens. And um, so there's those kinds of things that um, that people just don't know or don't realize and, you know, recognize that Puerto Rico is a small island and, you know, just a couple of million people, but there's there's an ever-growing population of 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 Puerto Ricans here in the U.S. Um, that uh, it's you know when when I hear those things, I just I, I I don't get angry, but I just try to let folks know, hey, by the way, did you know that we're we're U.S. citizens? I'm from Colombia, and it's mainly around food, so I cannot handle spicy food. Zero. I have zero tolerance. <laughs> Uh, whenever I'm with new people or even like when I, you know, hang out with my friends, I'm like, please, you know, give me the mild version of anything. And they're like, look at me as if I'm like this weird person. I'm like, what? It's like, but, but you're Colombian. You should like spicy food. I'm like, no, I think you're thinking about most Mexicans might like spicy food. You know, jalapeno is always like related to chili peppers. Um, Relate you, you relate them with with the Mexican cuisine. And I'm like I'm Colombian. We hardly eat anything spicy. So those are the little things that you know. It's 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 funny at this point, but at the same time, like they have this stereotype of like just because we 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 are more familiar with the Mexican cuisine, we assume everyone in Latino po- uh, population eats the same. 
Um, so it's just something silly, but it's something to that really comes to mind because I experience it a lot, you know, often. Let's get some advice from our panelists. I'd like to hear from them on tips they would give to Latinos and Latinas in navigating the workforce, as well as guidance they would give to managers of the Latino community to be better supporters and more inclusive leaders so that we can get more Latinos and Latinas in the C-suite in the future. Jen, for those working to navigate professional spaces, my, my advice is always to get involved and don't just let the game come to you from both an employee and a manager's perspective. You know, seek out both Hispanic and Latino and non-Hispanic and Latino mentors and be a mentee. Um, you know, look and consider joining employee resource groups such as OLA, you know, our Hispanic Opportunity Leadership Achievement ERG, or become an ally to OLA. You know, look to organizations that offer diverse professional and leadership training you know, such as the Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement, Prospanica, and the Hispanic IT Executive Council, and I'm sure there are probably many others out there. Uh, network with Hispanic and Latino and non-Hispanic, non-Latino colleagues, both inside and outside of your, your organization. You know, we've had some great opportunities here at Capgemini to network through alliances and partnerships with other organizations um, that are looking to develop their Hispanic and Latino talent. So, you know, I, I, I encourage folks to be a catalyst to break down those barriers or unintentional. I, I'll, I'll refer to them sometimes as unintentional biases. You know, be, 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 a, um, be, a, be an advocate, be proactive. So advice for Latinos, it's pretty much don't be afraid, afraid to speak up about your own accomplishments. Get out of your comfort zone, pursue those leadership roles, in your work environment or in your own community, like Mike said. Um, also know your worth and stop self-imposing your limits on how much you can accomplish. Um, if you want to learn a new skill set, go for it. If you need financial sponsorship to complete a certification or a leadership program, ask for it. The worst thing that someone can say is like, no, but if you highlight how it will both benefit your career advancement advancement and um, add value to the organization, there's a high probability that you'll get a yes. Um, put yourself in, uncom in uncomfort uncomfortable situations. Um, that way you can truly learn how much you can, can accomplish. And of course, network, 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 seek, seek a mentor or a sponsor, have an ally um, within your company and community. For the managers, I'll say, make sure you cultivate an inclusive environment within your team and organization. Um, take a diversity training if needed. Um, become an ally to your minority team members and embrace the diversity uh, within and outside the organization, but also understand how you can leverage this diverse talent for the benefit of the team. Finally, I'd like to get some recommendations from our panelists to share with you, our listeners, on media that you can listen to or watch to further celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. And I'd like to thank Mike and Anna Maria, our panelists from this episode, for sharing their perspectives with us and for engaging on this episode. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, one of my favorite books, which I always think about specifically during Hispanic Heritage Month, is entitled When I Was Puerto Rican. And it's an autobiography by uh, um, Esmeralda Santiago. You know, and the book describes her life back in Puerto Rico and, the de and details the circumstances that led to her mother bringing her and her siblings 
uh, to New York and, and describes the adjustment to life in the States. And although I was already born in New York City and not born in Puerto Rico, um, it hit home. It hits home with with very similar experience that that I and and my family members endured. Um, it's a great read, and uh, it's I believe it was um, uh, it was written in the early '90s, but um, and it, but dates back to her time growing up, and um, really really a, a great a great great read. And then in terms of um, uh, documentaries, I, I, there's a, a very good documentary I recently saw on Netflix, and some of you may have heard of the the series. Um, entitled Down to Earth, which is hosted by Zac Efron. And uh, one of the episodes specifically focuses on Puerto Rico and discusses travel to life experiences, work there, nature, uh, and some of the things they're trying to do around green energy and sustainable living practices on the island. Provides some really great insights to, to life on the island and, and just, you know, kind of it takes me back as I think about my own heritage. So something I would also recommend, it was recommended to me and I would certainly recommend it to others. Actually, one of my friends recommended one uh, podcast. Um, I have yet to listen to it, but I will definitely do so starting today. Um, if you download the NPR One app and you search for Hispanic Heritage Month celebration, you'll see a series of episodes that feature Latino stories. And um, they do highlight this throughout the whole year, but specifically for this month, they have that um, as a highlighted item. Oh wow, it seems like we've come to the end of another Cap Gemini North America Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. Again, I'm Janet Pope, and on behalf of the entire North America CSR team, I'd like to thank you for listening. If there's a specific topic on diversity, digital inclusion, or environmental sustainability that you'd like us to cover, please comment in the podcast channel. We wanna hear from you. 